and you're gonna think this is really stupid but someone did like an edm version oh my of this, gosh. and it's really good you gotta play Obviously, it for me i'll have to play it for you but the non-edm like the original song is amazing mm-hmm And we're back with another episode of Educate Your Earbuds. I'm Gerald. And I'm Paulina. I actually was just thinking about this. Do we always re-say our names? Because we have had a lot of new listeners and maybe they're like, who are these two randos that we're listening to and why are we listening? We are super knowledgeable music experts. Oh yeah. If you couldn't tell. Music majors. I'm just kidding. No, we're not. But we are going into our bad habits of recording late. We haven't done this in a I minute. Know. Yeah. And... In case you didn't realize, I was joking because I am 100% not a music expert. Neither am I. That's the whole point of this podcast, to educate ourselves, educate our earbuds and learn more about music. And you're coming on this journey with us. Exactly. Okay. So we did have the pleasure of attending the Bob Marley experience in LA this weekend. And we haven't done an artist spotlight in a really long time. Actually, this is just our second one. So for it being a music podcast, we talk very little about actual musicians because we're not experts we're not experts clearly we have no idea how to run a podcast either (laughs) exactly i'm sure you guys think that this is garbage and you're just about to tune out but don't do it because this one's going to be very interesting and we do have some highlights on the very great well you already said it but bob marley (laughs) okay so we like i said we went to this bob marley experience so do you want to kind of touch on what that was Yeah, so, I mean, for those that don't know, it's kind of like a traveling slash, like, show. Exhibition. Exhibition, yeah, that's a good term for it. I was gonna say, it's not a show. I think that's the actual name of it. (laughs) This is an exposition. About Exhibition. What did I say? Exposition. We're not exposing anyone. No, I didn't say exposition. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Exhibition. This does not work for recording late. I'm sorry, listeners. Oh, well. But about Bob Marley, about his music, about his life and his legacy his legacy you know and just remembering and spreading his message yeah which is pretty cool what did you think of it i thought it was really cool i mean i didn't have any expectations i just learned about it from one of the like la newsletters that i subscribed to and i was like oh this sounds interesting Mm -hmm. like i had already been to a bob marley historical thing i guess like whenever i went to jamaica i visited his house and so i had kind of learned about his life and legacy before but this was different and unique and i thought it was very enjoyable yeah yeah for sure so i guess real quick i wanted to go in and like break down what the experience was like how it was structured Mm -hmm. and kind of how you got to learn about different aspects of his life Mm -hmm. so the first section was kind of I'm calling it the music section. I don't know if that's really what it was, but it showcased all his platinum and diamond records and stuff from all the albums him and his band released through the years. It had the giant record. Had a giant record of his music and kind of just showcased and gave background and history on like some of the music he made and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. That was one of my favorite 
I thought so too. Parts of it. The next section, I'll just call it the cannabis section. <laughs> it's it's a well-known fact that Bob Marley and you know his Rastafari lifestyle was cannabis was important to them. So yeah, yeah, and I guess contrary to popular belief, he wasn't like a big proponent of recreational use. Oh no, no. I mean, it was kind of like a spiritual, holy mm. herb for yeah. his beliefs. So I know a lot of people like correlate him with recreational use of marijuana and cannabis and mm-hmm. that's just that's not exactly what he's about but he was a proponent for the legalization okay of marijuana so what was in this like cannabis section people are gonna think that you <laughs> just went to a dispensary i mean it was kind of it kind of showcased more of the climate of jamaica and stuff yeah. like that's what it was set up to look like where you know cannabis can be grown and mm-hmm. stuff but like kind of goes into like his rural upbringing and right. stuff and i don't know if it'd be like the back country of jamaica yeah he was born in nine mile jamaica kind of he grew up in like a little kind of farmy type area so mm-hmm. it did say like i there were some of the parts in the this section and other sections of the experience that said that bob marley was very much kind of like an agricultural guy when he was growing up yeah yeah for sure the next section was was very cool it was a silent disco mm-hmm. i and wasn't that, expecting that that's actually my I guess, first official silent disco. Wait, really? I think so. Oh, wow. But yeah, there were kind of two parts to it. So you you flip to one channel and it's just like some of their songs playing and you can watch videos of their concerts, Mm -hmm. see pictures, read more facts. And you flip to the other channel and it's some like, private recording sessions Mm -hmm. of him and his band like recording music and there was a big like projector theater thing going along with that recording session so you could watch it Mm -hmm. so that was pretty cool the next i'll say just call it like his personal section went over some of his hobbies yeah what his life was like outside of music i mean some things that obviously i didn't know you know he was super into football like soccer football as americans know it soccer foosball and ping pong yeah those were his his, those were his main like big hobbies. hobbies just like things to live life to the fullest and kind of goes along with his message of like enjoying himself and it had one of his like original pairs of shoes that was what we thought adidas brand but it was like not it said it was, like, knockoff yeah it was. i don't know it was kind of cool though yeah because like they still had like dirt on them and stuff yeah i thought that was cool too and then the next section was an art section. It was like art dedicated towards Bob Marley. Yeah. There was like a famous artist that kind of created a lot of them, Mr. Brainwash. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of the ones that basically takes record, like physical records and kind of like broke them into pieces to make these like big mural types of you know he had a couple of bob marley and some of his work it was i don't exactly remember the correlation but it seemed like he has like worked with banksy and so some of the murals that were there had like kind of banksy images in the background which i thought was interesting like the monkey and the guy with the flat like flowers that he tosses and stuff like yeah that. i think they're like a little influenced by each other because i think yeah. banksy did a documentary on mr brainwash that's what it was and but the other like big artist there was some art by him was the postman mm-hmm. but very cool like you just see like different creations like you said the ones created just by shattered records 
murals like that, mm-hmm. actual paintings and stuff. Very cool section. I definitely, that was also one of the ones I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, I did as well. And then lastly, kind of his family section. It went over his family, the One Love Legacy. His family tree. Yeah, his family tree. And then an actual tree where you could write like what One Love means to you and people would put their little notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very cool section. Yeah. But yeah, with that, Hit let's, us with the fast facts. Let's get into like the introduction about who Bob Marley is, what his legacy is, and some fast facts. Yeah. So, Bob Marley, born Robert Nesta Marley, mm-hmm. or Nesta, Nesta Robert, Robert Marley. You Did too? you see that? Yeah. Did not know that, but depending on your source, there's some controversy about you know what his real name was yeah some people say he was really born nesta robert marley and like when he was getting a passport they messed up his name because they said it was like feminine sounding yeah and so they they flipped it yeah i don't know but he is jamaican obviously born in jamaica he's a singer musician and considered one of the pioneers of the reggae genre Mm -hmm. i guess what is reggae (laughs) reggae is a music genre that originated in jamaica with marley being one of the pioneers founders of it so it wasn't a thing before so i don't think he was the first yeah but he was like definitely like one of the influential like Mm. starters early adopters i mean it's kind of a new thing like it was pulling together different genres so it's like um influenced by traditional like jamaican music as well as some american jazz blues it pulled like the i think the original precursors were ska ska and uh rocksteady were like the main two but also like some big things with reggae is they usually pull in things from like news political commentary Hmm. and that's like that's you know where like if you listen to bob marley's music he has a lot of messages in it about like you know love and peace peace exactly so yeah and then i guess one fun fact about reggae is the 1968 single by toots and the maytals was called do the reggae and it was the first popular song to use the word reggae, which was oh. essentially like what named the genre and kind of introduced it to a more global audience. What? So yeah. before that, there wasn't a name for the genre? I mean, every genre has got to get a name at some point. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a, that's interesting. I wonder where the actual word came from. We should look into it. So Bob Marley's music, obviously he's mostly known for reggae, but he infused ska and rock steady into it. And then he had his very distinct songwriting style mm-hmm. he's basically like kind of the face of jamaican music yeah in modern history and back in the day like he was the one that brought reggae and jamaican music to a more global audience he's one of the best-selling artists of all time he's still a, a huge pop culture figure oh, in jamaica sure. today years after his death yeah and well, like and, and not just in jamaica i would say worldwide oh yeah for sure for sure he's one of the best-selling artists of all times i actually looked up some of his sales figures mm-hmm. i did find a little bit of a discrepancy here and i just wanted to touch on that the certified sales that i could find were about 46.3 million okay the claimed sales per wiki was 75 million but the and and that that's common if i was looking at other artists most artists have claimed sales oh. higher than certified sales okay some by a fair amount too hmm. one thing i noted the one love experience quoted his sales figures at about 115 yeah, million copies which is a lot more than so i'm not exactly sure i'm sure it's 
somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But, you know, he has a huge influence, so it could be way higher than any of these figures. Yeah. Too. For sure. Let's get into just a little bit about who was Bob Marley, like like quick facts about his life, and then we'll go, obviously, into the music, because this is an artist spotlight, and we're not going to not talk about the music. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Bob Marley was born on February 6, 1945, like I said earlier, in Nine Mile, Jamaica, but he grew up in Trenchtown, which is in Kingston, for yeah. the most part. Yeah, I saw he, he moved there when he was like uh, 11 or 12 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, when he was kind of young. That was after his father died, too. Yeah, after his father passed away. Mm -hmm. One fun fact that, like, whenever I was looking into him, I just thought this was really random and would never have guessed this. But apparently in 1966, when Bob Marley married Rita, then Anderson, now Marley, they moved near, like, Bob Marley's mom's residence in Wilmington, Delaware at the time. Mm -hmm. And he actually worked at DuPont as a lab assistant. The... The chemical The chemical company? company, yeah. Really? Uh-huh, which is so weird. And then he also worked on an assembly line and as a forklift driver for a Chrysler plant. Really? Yeah. Huh. And that was in Newark at the time. And so he was using an alias called Donald Marley at the time. I'm not really sure why, but just... Interesting. Yeah, I just found this as a kind of random fun fact. Yeah. Um, another thing that was kind of interesting is in 1976, he actually survived an assassination attempt in his home. And it's thought to be politically motivated because he supported the legalization of marijuana and advocated for pan-Africanism and also was kind of trying to make peace between the differing parties in Jamaica because they've been in a civil war since like the 1940s. So it's it's kind of been a, like an ongoing issue. Yeah, as far as I could tell, he never actually came out in support of one of the parties. Right, there he was, didn't. There was a widespread belief that he supported one of them. Mm -hmm. And so it was the rival, you know, the suspect that it was the rival party mm -hmm. that kind of led it. They also, you know, think maybe the CIA had something to do with it. There's oh, a lot weird. of like, you know, unknown That sounds thing. like a weird conspiracy but, theory. But yeah, I don't know if it's entirely a conspiracy theory. I don't know. There were a couple different things. But like Bob was shot like twice, I think, in mm -hmm. that assassination. of His wife was shot in the head. Yeah, she um, obviously survived. I think one of his daughters too. Everyone survived. I think it was his producer or something like that. Oh. Or someone. I think there were three or four people were shot. They all they survived, all survived though, yeah. somehow. It was like seven people apparently were like the ones that came and tried to kill him. Huh. Also, another thing that was kind of interesting is that, you know, he didn't die from the assassination attempt, but in 1977, he was diagnosed with acral letinginous melanoma, so a form of skin cancer, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then he actually died really young. So he died on May 11th, 1981 in Miami at the age of 36. Yes, yeah, so there are a couple things I saw about this. One, it's apparently a pretty common misconception that he got the skin cancer as a result of a toe injury from playing soccer that's not that's not true it's not true he already had skin cancer yeah he had like a pre-existing cancer and i think huh. it turned into a lesion or something he uh refused to amputate the toe actually which was the doctor's recommendation so he to may prevent have it from lived spreading potentially huh. you know he did have some work done like he had the nail bed removed Ooh, i don't want to talk about that you there's know. a reason why i'm an engineer not a doctor uh, he definitely he definitely died too young in my opinion yeah it's, it's kind of crazy to think like especially with the musicians that die very young it makes me wonder what could have been of their career and like their legacy and what all they could have done for for sure for sure know. with that let's actually get into the music of bob marley so 
Let's start with when he was Bob Marley and the Whalers, when the Whalers were actually part of the band. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into kind of like what I mean with all of this in a little bit. But basically, they started making music in 1963. And at the time, they were called the Teenagers. And it was Peter Tosh and Bunny Whaler, and then obviously Bob Marley. They had several name changes, and then eventually they just became the Whalers. And then Bob Marley and the Whalers. Exactly. They released their debut album, The Wailing Whalers, in 1960. And this is this was very confusing to read, but it contained the single One Love. However, that was not the One Love that like is the famous version that we know. Okay. So this was rather like a re-recorded 1970 medley of All in One, which contained like reggae reworkings and then some of the band's early ska songs. Okay. So don't think about like the One Love that you know and love this is kind of a different version of it Mm -hmm. so then the group began engaging in like rhythmic based song construction in the 1960s and early 1970s and this kind of coincided with when bob marley converted to the rastafari religion yeah then they relocated to london and they kind of shifted their music a little bit and then they released the album the best of the whalers this was in 1971 okay and then in 1972 bob marley signed with cbs records And then they embarked on a UK tour with a soul singer called Johnny Nash. Mm -hmm. After that, they signed with Island Records. And this was kind of what like started their big popularity. So they signed with Island Records in 1973. And then they caught international attention when they were touring for their albums, Catch a Fire and Burnin'. So that was kind of like what started their like upward trajectory. At that time, then they officially changed their name to Bob Marley and the Whalers. Mm -hmm. And this is just funny because they didn't keep up with... Okay, sorry, I'm getting ahead (laughs) of myself. I just got so excited when I was like looking at all the information. But so then in 1974, while they were with Island Records, they were scheduled to open 17 shows in the US for this band called Sly and the Family Stone. Mm -hmm. And after four shows, the band was actually fired because they were more popular than the acts they were opening for, which is funny because... Because it's something that we actually made a topic, like an episode on. And that's kind of like what happened with Elvis too. Like right. He became more popular than who he was opening for. Yeah. So similar, similar backstory there. Exactly. So definitely make sure that you check out those openers because you never know. Like you might be seeing the next The Weeknd or Beyonce or something for like sure, that. For you sure. literally never know. And also listen to our episode on openers because wow, you know, why not? Good shameless, shameless plug. plug. Okay. So after they got fired in 1974, the Whalers actually disbanded with each of the three main members pursuing a solo career. Mm -hmm. And then the reason why I kept saying this was funny was because Bob Marley actually continued to use the name Bob Marley and the Whalers without the Whalers. Just kind of odd to me. I mean, it's funny because that goes back to like our episode on bands that like lost members and stuff. So it's like a lead singer disappears and it's, is it still like the same person? So, you know, I don't know. But it's like it wasn't his name, although he was probably the, the, I mean, it was Bob Marley and the Whalers, so he was a face. He was the front man, lead vocals. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of funny. What makes up the the soul of the band? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, once Bob Marley and like the original Whalers disbanded, but he was still Bob Marley and the Whalers, he again continued to gain popularity in 1975 after Eric Clapton. He did a version of I Shot the Sheriff and that kind of like skyrocketed like his international fame. Mm-hmm. outside of jamaica and stuff yeah and then he also had a live version of no woman no cry and that just kind of like continued the snowball effect of like him ha- getting, him getting a lot popularity. bigger outside of jamaica and exactly 
Then in 1976, he released Rasta Man Vibration, and this was like his breakthrough album in the USA specifically. It reached the top 50 of the Billboard Soul Charts. Okay. And then this was just some, something that was kind of random that also happened, but there was this guy named Chris Blackwell. He was the founder and producer at Island Records, and he actually gifted Bob Marley his like Kingston residence. And it was the company headquarters of Island Records, which at the time was known as Island House. Okay, interesting. So this later became Bob Marley's like Tough Gong Studios. So he had his own like recording company and that's Mm -hmm. what he named it. And it basically, it wasn't only just his office, but it was also his home. And nowadays it is the site of the Bob Marley Museum, which I have actually visited. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So just kind of a weird thing that like that home and what people think is like Bob Marley's home is actually a gifted someone else's house. Still cool though. Yeah. Anyways, so Bob Marley actually left Jamaica at the end of 1976 and relocated to London after his assassination attempt because, you know, that's really scary. I'm sure he was like, I'm not trying to live here. Mm -hmm. And then in 1977, he recorded the album Exodus, and this was the one that included the very famous version of One Love. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it'd be interesting to see if, like, you can find the original One Love and, like, the very famous version and see, like, how similar they are. The differences. Yeah, because I don't actually know like how different they are. But anyways, then just in total under the name of Bob Marley and the Whalers, they released 11 studio albums. So I don't know if this is including like the legend album, which would be, you know, his posthumous album release. It is not. But there was actually, I believe, a different album that was released posthumously. Posthumously, not humanously. (laughs) Gerald can't record when it's like, what was the album name though? Do you know? There was one album released posthumously, Confrontation, which was released. It was like two years after his death, Okay, I believe. So then you said you found like 13 released albums by Bob Marley and the Wailers, and like I found 11. So where is is a discrepancy that one is the posthumous one? That and I think some of them, they were released before the name changed. So that's Uh, probably where the discrepancy in our search came from too. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so I did want to talk about the one love message just because obviously like it was the theme of the experience. But yeah. Also being that it was like his most famous song, it was kind of something that really was impactful and kind of has stood the test of time. So we did talk about this earlier that there was an earlier version of the song released back when it was the Wailers. That was in 1965. But the more popular version was released with the Exodus album in 1977. And so the original one, the 1965 one, incorporates parts of the song People Get Ready. And it's by Curtis Mayfeld. So the actual new version of the song was called like One Love Slash People Get Ready. So it actually credited Curtis Mayfield, which the original hadn't. Okay. And one thing that I just kind of found like random and funny was that in the U.S., the only version of this song to chart was one that was by the Glee cast. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which I know you never watched that, but it ended up going up to number 41 back in 2010. Interesting. On the chart. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then one thing that is also cool about the song is that Bob Marley's son, Stephen Marley, he kind of has said that One Love is like his dad's signature song. And so now let's actually go into, you know, what was the song about? What was going on when Bob Marley actually wrote it? Okay. 
he basically wrote this song in the middle of turmoil of the Jamaican elections. Like you talked about this earlier, how he didn't, he tried to stay pretty neutral. It was the start of the civil war essentially, or I guess kind of middle of it, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if we were like a political podcast, you could do a whole couple hour episode. Yeah. On like I think their civil war has been going on since the forties. Yeah. And it's still happening. And it's still happening. So. Both sides like accuse each other of being controlled by political parties. That's where like the whole CIA assassination attempt right i think came in and stuff right maybe we'll talk about it when we do our like music and politics episode yeah so anyways just kind of wanted to say that like bob marley he did try to stay politically neutral but he was offering like peace and shelter to anyone he could and so you know sometimes there would just be random people that would be staying at the house because he was trying to like you help know, them yeah help them but there is like a deeper meaning to the actual song other than you know just a simple call for unity like it's very nice to just think about that as an overarching message but there are more symbols of like oppression and talking about how sinners will pay for their evil deeds in the end and if you don't if you kind of like get lost in the chorus you wouldn't really think about that the song says that stuff unless you kind of take a second to look at the lyrics you gotta think a little deeper about yeah yeah and so that's something that whenever i was looking into the actual lyrics of the song i don't think i'd ever you know you remember the one love part but you don't remember is like what it says in the details of the of the verses okay so i did want to go through just the first verse alone and the song has like a lot of biblical references as well but so the first verse says let them all pass their dirty remarks one love (laughs) there is one question i'd really love to ask one heart oh my gosh (laughs) is there a place for the hopeless sinner who has hurt all mankind just to save his own beliefs i thought that those two lines were really powerful when you stop to look at and like kind of analyze it but basically his idea was that everybody should look at each other in the same angle and perspective disregarding the color of their skin race religious beliefs etc i don't know the song in my opinion has really stood the test of time because obviously especially in the u.s this is something that you know we've been dealing with a lot of racial issues since i mean this country was born yeah and all over the world like it's not this song i think is just going to stand the test of time that it's always hopefully not always going to be relevant maybe we'll like transcend and become no i think it's always going to be a relevant message for sure yeah i'm sure like a lot of his like rastafari beliefs and everything kind of played into Mm -hmm. into this song as well yeah but there are some interesting like accolades that he's gained just himself and from the song and i know you touched on some of these so yeah no go through like in detail yeah he was like awarded a lot of awards unfortunately with his short life Mm -hmm. you know he received a lot of them posthumously after his death Mm -hmm. but he was awarded the peace medal of honor in 1978 so before his death after he headlined uh, kingston's one love peace concert Mm -hmm. and that was an attempt to end the civil war basically yeah try to end the civil war at least help with it i think this is where he had two of the presidents or sorry two of the candidates of opposing parties. parties like shake hands or whatever yeah yeah and then there's a long list of awards he he received after his death he was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame okay in 1994 in 99 time magazine actually awarded bob marley their tribute for album of the century for exodus, exodus. yeah wow you could probably guess that well yeah because that's the one that had one love yeah in 2000 one love was also awarded song of the millennium by bbc that's wild 
like out of all the songs in a in a millennium mm-hmm. that they could pick like his song one song of a millennium that's kind of like a funny award because obviously like people don't have songs from a millennia ago well no i know but i'm just saying like <laughs> this is something that would like transcend or stands the test of time for sure for sure because like it could easily have been awarded to like i saw a lot of references saying that the messages in one love were similar to john lennon's imagine yeah but, like for some reason this one lyrically and like maybe all parts of the song were just better you know yeah i mean imagine's definitely one of those other songs that's Mm -hmm. up there and in the same type of message yeah so during his life he was actually never awarded a grammy but he, he was presented the grammy lifetime achievement award in 2001 Okay. Again, after his death. Mm-hmm. In 2004, Rolling Stone actually ranked Bob Marley at number 11 on their list of greatest artists of all time. Wow. You know, very impressive. That's pretty high. That's that's good company. Oh, yeah, for no sure. kidding. And then his album that was released after his death, also Legend, which was like a compilation of basically like his greatest m- hits. most popular songs, has been in the billboard's catalog album charts longer than any other record oh wow in history dang yeah i mean well we just bought that vinyl and i could see why like all of the songs in that one i mean i think it has like three little birds one love all of the good ones yeah yeah for sure all right so i did have some closing questions so the first one is do you happen to remember what your first experience was with bob marley Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I actually, I don't necessarily think I remember mine, but whenever I was looking up stuff for like what the one love, like part of the song, like the song information, it reminded me that like this song has been in a lot of movies like Marley and Me and like a couple Which others. Song? One Love. Oh, yeah. So maybe I'm trying to remember if there was probably just something in like TV. Maybe it was when I watched Glee back in the day that like <laughs> made me start listening to Bob Marley. I really don't know. That's kind of shocking that that's like the highest billboard ranked bob marley song was a cover from glee i know that is crazy of all things but i i would i honestly can't tell you what my first experience was so you have no clue either so first experience no not really but i definitely have like a distinct memory of my dad singing i shot the sheriff really but this is so long ago honestly i don't know if it was bob marley version eric clapton version (laughs) but i do have like a for some reason a weird memory of that of that in my head So that's kind of the first Bob Marley like experience that I think I can remember. Yeah. Well, so I guess with that, what is your favorite Bob Marley song? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm probably gonna get some not hate for this, but I'd say I think most people would say one love. That's not what I would say, but I was gonna say three little birds. That's a good one. I know it's still like one of his bigger, bigger ones. Maybe his second most popular song. I don't know. Oh, I actually don't know what is most popular song or other than one love would be. yeah that's a good question but that's that's probably my pick what about yours i actually so i really like the song sun is shining and you're gonna think this is really stupid but someone did like an edm oh and it's really good you gotta play Obviously, it for me i'll have to play it for you but the non-edm like the original song is amazing mm-hmm. so i would probably say either that or i mean i really like i shot the sheriff yeah no woman no cries really good i mean the they're all good yeah that's why he's such a well-known renowned artist artist for sure okay 
So I guess I have a question for you. Okay. Is there anything like new you learned while we were going through the experience or I guess and yeah. or prepping for this episode? I was under the false impression that Bob Marley had been assassinated. I don't know why. I guess because I always, I remembered the assassination attempt, but I thought that that's how he had died. Mm-hmm. So his cause of death was surprising to me. Yeah, I was kind of the reverse of that because I guess for some reason I think I had also thought he was assassinated but then when we saw it was cancer then we saw that there was an attempted attempted assassination and i was like oh i guess i didn't know he survived an assassination attempt. oh you didn't know that Mm-mm. yeah but so i think that was surprising i think i mean just going into the actual lyrics of one love i had never really deep dived them yeah so that was surprising a lot about like the changes in the band names i didn't realize that i always kind of just thought it was like bob marley and the whalers mm-hmm. yeah i don't know also i do have to say that one random fact about him working at dupont very surprising that yeah that's probably the that's biggest surprise for sure <laughs> so what about Would you not have seen that yeah i mean that when you showed me that i was like what You're like no he did in not. the middle of delaware or yeah. something like that yeah no nah. can you imagine like if he had never left and he just became a little scientist <laughs> just you know would never have had all this iconic music that's that's gonna be the new conspiracy theory dupont gave him cancer oh my gosh stop you're or, gonna be spreading oh, misinformation cia is gonna come after us oh my gosh you didn't hear it from me you sound like those people that say like tupac wasn't killed what yeah he's with elvis oh my gosh okay. <laughs> we are not gonna get into this i did have a question though so do you feel like learning about like major artists like bob marley and other people of maybe genres that you wouldn't necessarily listen to like reggae this week does this give you a bigger appreciation for the genre does it make you want to listen more to the genre oh yeah for sure because i mean especially because you know i like learning like the backstory Mm -hmm. and the history behind different things so it kind of gives me a new appreciation for it so before what did you think of bob marley oh well like i liked his music i knew his more famous songs and stuff but i i never went out and sought out like reggae music in general Mm -hmm. probably outside of bob marley to be honest Mm -hmm. i think i will do that now yeah well you'll have to tune back then and give us an update of what other reggae musicians you've learned about and then you can educate us i'll be growing out my dreads exactly okay so i know you looked into like if people do want to learn more because obviously we had a really enjoyable time learning about this and maybe you guys might want to learn more and do more yeah so first thing i'd say stay up to date on the bob marley one love experience Mm -hmm. see if it'll be coming to a city near you potentially i know they have been to a few other places i know toronto for sure so and london was the first we were the third yeah so not sure if they've announced where they're going next not yet but Stay on the lookout for that, Mm because if you're in a major city, they might be coming to you. If you ever get a chance to visit Jamaica, as you touched on earlier, go to the Bob Marley Museum Mm -hmm. at his old residence. Exactly. Definitely a good thing to check out. You can see his uh, Tough Gong recording studio as well. You can do a tour of that. You can actually, I'm, this is like coming back to me. Sorry, this is very random, but I'm pretty sure the assassination attempt was in his house, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I remember seeing like bullet holes. Oh, did they like point him out? I think so. I, so maybe that's why I thought that that's how he... Because I went back when I was Yeah, it was because like his wife was shot, I think, when she was in the car in right. the driveway or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Sorry. So you can see that. Yeah. But if you don't get a chance to visit Jamaica and see the Bob Marley Museum, because obviously I know a lot of people can't do that, 
Paramount is working on a Bob Marley biopic. When is it coming out? So they actually just kind of wrapped up filming for it. Oh. So it just just found out just the other day they did like a first look at CinemaCon in Vegas. Oh, that was just like this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, just literally just a couple days ago. Good timing. This was totally unplanned. I think it's expected to come out sometime in 2024. But his uh, his one of his sons, Ziggy, is actually one of the producers for the film. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that'll actually be nice because maybe as opposed to some of the other like Biopics, bioptics? Is that how you say it? Biopic. Bio, okay. Optic is like of the eyes, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> but like, for example, the Elvis movie, I, as much as I loved it in Austin Butler, like I always kind of questioned the accuracy of it. If a like family member is or is not involved, maybe mm-hmm. this will give like a more accurate portrayal of. Yeah, I think the Elvis movie. one had some, was claimed to not be super accurate yeah. in certain parts, but. I mean, yeah, they kind of knows? all are. But that's interesting. I'm definitely going to want to catch that come 2024. Yeah. And also one thing I wanted to touch on, because they had these in the One Love experience. I just want to touch on them if you want to give back or anything to like Mm -hmm. some of what Bob Marley's visions probably were. Mm -hmm. I uh, wanted to touch on a few of the resources and we'll include links to them in the description to this. First is the Bob Marley Foundation, which was founded by his wife. Mm -hmm. Rita. (laughs) Yes. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, his other wife. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. But so the Bob Marley Foundation uh, is a Jamaican nonprofit organization that continues to honor the life and legacy of Bob Marley through community upliftment initiatives. And they have different focuses so education, sports, culture, healthcare, and sustainable development, all with one love, one heart, and one voice. Aww, I love yeah. that. The next one I wanted to touch on is the Football is Freedom Initiative, which was founded by Sadella Marley, his daughter. Okay. And this supports the development of women's football in at, gra- at the grassroots level in the region by funding clinics and academies like all over the Caribbean, Central Latin America, and other like diaspora communities, in, both in like North America. Oh, cool. Yeah. Next and by one. football, I'm assuming you mean soccer. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, I would say it football, but like Americans will yeah. rather us would rather us specify. Yeah. The next organization is called Urge Unlimited okay. Resources Giving Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. This was founded by the same son who's producing the movie Ziggy Marley. Okay. Urge seeks to make enduring contributions to the lives of children in Jamaica, Africa, and throughout the world. They act to support education, health, the environment, all in efforts to improve specifically communities where children live and grow because they're like the world's future resource, basically. Oh, wow. Um, And basically saying the more we can give them, the more enlightened we can become. Oh, I love that. Dang, they have a lot of, they do a lot of like philanthropic not events, but just like giving back to their communities. For sure, because I have two more to touch on. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. The next is the Rita Marley Foundation, also mm-hmm. uh, founded by his wife, Rita. Rita. <laughs> <laughs> but it operates on the principles of love and compassion to realize Dr. Marley's vision of eliminating poverty and advancing female empowerment throughout Jamaica and Ghana. Why'd they pick? I mean, that's awesome that they picked Jamaica, but why'd also Ghana? Do you know if like. Maybe Rita or Bob had ancestral, their heritage traced back to Ghana? Yeah, so she's actually lived in Ghana for the past, uh, I think, um, over 20 years, basically. Uh, okay. I think her and a lot of the family moved there, if I'm remembering what, from what I saw. That makes more sense. Um, but yeah. 
And then last organization to I have to touch on is the Ghetto Youths Foundation. And this one, like a lot of his family are on the board mm. of this one. But it is a nonprofit organization created to provide a helping hand to support the fundamental needs of underprivileged people anywhere with a focus on providing opportunity to young people, seniors, and other families from like compromised and underprivileged communities, any challenging situations they might be going through. I like that, like, as opposed to, I mean, I feel like some people would have just lived off of their famous parents' coattails without, you know, kind of embracing their vision their vision, and like just, I mean, obviously Bob Marley was a man that wanted peace and unity and like help, he loved to help people. Mm-hmm. I really like that his kids and his wife have kind of like kept that spirit alive. alive. Yeah. I think that's probably why he's such a influential artist you know yeah because his work really had meaning behind it exactly it wasn't just like hey i'm making cool music like you know not that that's not cool but like it really did have like a deeper like a bigger purpose yeah i'm glad we did this episode i mean i already was a big bob marley fan and i had stopped listening to reggae more consistently and mm-hmm. this kind of like got me more excited to like back start, into back it. into it and like listen to it again and yeah With that, I mean, I guess, obviously, this is just the tip of the iceberg with reggae and Bob Marley. So if you're interested in learning more, you know, definitely do some more research into it and hit us up with with what you learned and what we missed. Exactly. So we can know, you know, what y'all would really like to hear about in future episodes. And where can they do that? Uh, You can do that via our email. That's always open. Hotline. Remember, good feedback comes to me. Oh, my god. Bad feedback goes to Paulina. But our email is educate.your.earbuds at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on our Instagram at educate.your.earbuds.pod and TikTok at educate.your.earbuds. And if you thought we did an amazing job in this episode, please rate us five stars share with your friends it really, it really does really help helps. yeah make sure you subscribe to our spotify and wherever else we're on apple music amazon wherever you're listening from exactly so you can be kept up with our hot drops exactly and with that that's all we got thanks for listening thanks y'all